Hi there everyone, I trust that you've been enjoying and really receiving from this series on the attributes of God and I'm really excited about this message today. I'm going to be sharing with you on the subject of the omnipotence of God, the omnipotence of God. Let's pray. Father, we submit ourselves to you and we ask that you give us revelation, give us understanding of your omnipotence today and help us, Lord God, to be strong, strong prayer warriors who understand that they have the ability and have been given the ability by God to tap into his omnipotence. May we understand today the implications of this fact that our God is all-powerful. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. El Shaddai is often translated the Lord Almighty. And the Bible keeps speaking of this, you know, and many of us will talk about El Shaddai, El Shaddai. And sometimes that's translated the God who's more than enough, the full-breasted one. Uh, but essentially, it's the Lord Almighty. And each time we make reference to the Almighty, we're acknowledging His omnipotent nature. So what does omnipotence actually mean? Omnipotence means unlimited authority, unlimited influence, and unlimited power. Isn't that amazing? So when we have a complete revelation of this, it changes how audacious we are in prayer. We become very bold when it comes to prayer. You see, there is a way I make a request to you when I know that you can make things happen, as opposed to how I would ask you for something if I'm not quite sure whether you really have the authority to do the particular thing I'm requesting. You know what I'm talking about, right? When you speak to someone who has authority, you really come boldly because you know they can make things happen. But sometimes when someone doesn't really have the authority, you kind of like a bit sheepish about it and you're kind of chancing. Well, with God, we're not chancing because he has all authority. He has all influence and he has all power. And I think that's so powerful. You see, from God's perspective, anything he desires he has the ability to make happen. You know, many people desire things, but they don't have the power to effect that which they desire. And what's amazing about God's unlimited power is that it exists and it's expressed in the context of his unlimited love. <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal when you think about it. You see, it's one thing for someone to be absolutely powerful, but then have no love or no righteousness. But this wonderful God who we worship, he is all-powerful and is also at the same time all-loving. Throughout scripture, we see that God's power is way beyond some explosive energy in the universe. But he has actually chosen to make his power available to the weak and the weary. And that's because of his love. So we must understand his unlimited power in the context of his unlimited love. In Romans chapter 1 verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And that's the thing. The world can see the power of God. They can see the power of God. And they're without excuse. It's evident just by looking at the order of the universe. 
So my goal today is to remind you of the surpassing greatness of the Lord Almighty. When we look at Romans chapter 1 verse 20, it's describing his, his attributes, isn't it? It says his invisible qualities have been seen since the creation of the world. His eternal power and divine nature. So his eternal power is a part of his attributes, the attributes of God. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And what will he be called? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. And we know the Holy Spirit is our counselor. But look at the second one. Mighty God, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And that term Mighty God, it's actually another term uh, that we use when we're calling God. Right, and it's the word, uh, the name El Gibor. All right, mighty God. So there's Almighty God, which speaks of His omnipotence, and then there's just Mighty God, El Gibor. Right, and this is one of the names of God, and it's a key attribute. And it speaks of him being a champion, him being a warrior, him being the God who fights our battles for us, he fights on our behalf. Right, so. Uh, don't be afraid of people because you've got this mighty God who's for you. Embrace only him as your source of power. You see, there's some people with great love, but they have no power to fix things in life. But God loves you greatly and will also make a way for you. Right? He's El Gibor, he's mighty God. So he's all powerful and he's mighty. In Isaiah chapter 2 verse 22, it says, Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? As we acknowledge the omnipotence of God, it's important that we also acknowledge the frailty of man. We can't have this thing where we're looking to both God and man simultaneously. In Isaiah chapter 31 verse 3, it says, But the Egyptians are mere mortals and not God. We're acknowledging his otherness. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, those who help will stumble. Those who are helped will fall. All will perish together. As we acknowledge his omnipotence, we need to embrace the fact that he is different. He is distinguished. He is other. He is not like mere mortals. God's omnipotence is also expressed in the context of his righteousness and his justice. You know, you have these villains, right? Those of you who watch some of these movies with these villains, and some of them have got superpowers. And it's really not great when you have this person who's uh, very powerful, but has got no morals. But here's this wonderful God who's all-powerful, and yet full of righteousness and full of justice. Imagine if he wasn't. In Job 37 verse 23, the Bible says, The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness, he does not oppress. We're acknowledging how great he is, how mighty he is, but we're also at the same time acknowledging his justice and his great righteousness. That's a safe being to be around. That's a safe place to be. All-powerful, yet at the same time, righteous and justice. Uh, justice is very strong. Righteous and just. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. I love this scripture. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, when he prayed this, when Paul the Apostle prayed this, why did he want the eyes of their hearts to be enlightened? He says, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Okay? The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Okay? Verse 19. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. It doesn't say his incomparably great power just for him to shine in the universe. You see, God is not powerful just for power's sake. God is powerful, but at the same time, it's in the context of his love for us. And it says, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is so important. He's, he's omnipotent, but at the same time, because he's all loving, he's saying, come, be partakers of this divine nature. Come, you've got access to my omnipotence. Come, my power is available because I want to give it away. I'm not hoarding it. I'm not keeping it to myself. You see, and it goes on to say, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, what's the most phenomenal thing that has happened in history? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. That took power. It takes power to bring life where there's been death. And it's interesting how scripture is saying it's the same power, the very same power, not a different power, not a lesser power. It's that same power that's available for us who believe. Isn't God so generous? Isn't he so wonderful? I don't know what situation you're in, but that same power is being made available to you right now. God gives us access to his omnipotence. Paul had to pray that their eyes were opened to the reality of this power. Many Christians will acknowledge that God is powerful, but they don't have the revelation that he is all powerful. They think he's limited in his power. There's a big difference. Do you know the extent of his power? And do you know that this power is available to you right now? You see, mighty strength, the word mighty strength in this scripture, it speaks of, the, it's the word energes in the Greek. And that speaks of operative power. Okay, this is power at work in us. Right? This is divine activity in and through us. You see, God's power is not lost in some corner of the universe, but it has been made available to us who believe. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe that? In James chapter 5, verse 16b, and I'm reading from the Amplified in the classic edition of the Amplified, it says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So what makes the power available, or prayer is so key to that. And God doesn't want to just be powerful for power's sake. He wants to make that power available so that things happen. So that power becomes this inner working of power, operative power in us so that certain things happen. You see, because he's all-powerful, he's the source of all power in the universe. Let's think about that. Because he's all-powerful, he's the source of all power in the universe. Everyone with any kind of power ultimately gets it from God. You see, they might abuse the power, they might distort the power, but he is the one who sustains all things. And everything will change in our lives when we have this revelation that he's the one who sustains all things. 
In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 to 31, the Bible says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. In verse 29, it says, He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Isn't that amazing? In order to renew our strength, we must be hoping in the Lord. Right? In order to renew our strength, we must be hoping in the Lord. In order to renew our strength and gain power, perfect power, his strength is made perfect. His power is made perfect in weakness, the Bible tells us. So we must be open to weakness, right? Being weak before him, broken before him, if we want to experience his absolute power in our lives. Even the youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is so powerful that God doesn't grow weary or tired. You see, God gives away his power to strengthen us. And you can see from this passage that it's an omnipotence, an omnipotence in the context of love. You see, God doesn't get tired. He doesn't run out of energy. Part of being powerful is that you don't get tired. Part of being a powerful thing is that it continues and continues and continues. I don't know about you, but if we've got our generator on and there's no electricity and we've got a generator on, I'm thinking to myself, when am I going to have to go and get some more fuel for this generator? Well, God doesn't run out of energy. You see, he's the source of all energy. He's the source of all power. He doesn't have to go to some other power source to get energy, okay? Because he generates it himself, you see? It doesn't have to go elsewhere to replenish or renew his strength because of um, his self-sufficiency. Okay? He's self-sufficient. His omnipotence must also be understood in the context of his self-sufficiency. That's very important. When we pray, we must not humanize God. You know, sometimes we humanize God, you know. Let me say something. His omnipotence means he has the capacity to handle every request, okay, that has ever been asked, right? He doesn't get tired. He never gets tired. Uh, he never gets impatient, okay, when these requests are being made. I like what A.W. Tozer said, an infinite God can give all of himself to each of his children. He does not distribute himself that each may have a part, but to each one he gives all of himself as fully as if there were no others. That's powerful. That's powerful, you see. So he also gives us divine energy to not grow weary of doing good, to keep forgiving others, and to keep living for him. That's why in Colossians chapter 1 verse 29, Paul said, to this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. 
To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want to encourage you. Tap into his omnipotence. Tap into that power source. And guess what will happen? You will find yourself having divine energy to do what you need to do. Look how much power there is in the sun, which is just one of the stars. And by the way, the number of stars in a galaxy varies, okay, in terms of what people have said. But assuming an average of 100 billion stars per galaxy means they're about, yes, 1 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. Okay, but for now, let's just focus on the sun. Everything else was created by God. Let's just focus on the sun. You know, the sun's luminosity, okay, now in astronomy, luminosity is the intrinsic brightness of any uh, celestial object, okay, as distinct from its apparent brightness diminished by distance, okay? So the actual uh, radiation that it's emitting, okay, that's luminosity, okay? Now, <clears throat> let's just think through it. The sun's luminosity, right, is about 3.8 by... 1,026 joules a second, right? So in terms of mass, you can think of the total energy output as about 4 million tons every second. That's a lot, right? Now, when the curvature of the Earth and the density of the luminosity that hits our planet is considered, we receive only about 4.5 pounds per second of that energy, right? Uh, now, so, so that's how powerful the sun is. Now look at this. In the book of Psalms 33 verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. All that energy, all that power. God just breathed. God just said, let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> omnipotence. Now surely the same God who created all of this is more than able to strengthen your feeble knees when you grow weary. A lot of what people call power generation is really the conversion of power, right, uh, from one form to another. Just think about that, right, whether it's uh, solar energy, whether it's uh, the power that's generated from turbines, okay, it's really the conversion of power. But you know what? God is the source of all power. He's self-sufficient in this, right? If you look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. That's very powerful calls into being things that were not. So God creates things. God's omnipotence is creative. It doesn't merely convert power. It creates that which did not exist. That's how powerful God is. In the book of Psalms, chapter 47, 147, verse 5, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. I love it when these dimensions of God are mentioned together. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. 
His understanding has no limit. So God's omnipotence must be understood in the context of his unlimited wisdom, his unlimited knowledge, and his unlimited understanding. You know, in a lot of these movies, there are these characters with great power but little knowledge. You know, you look at Incredible Hulk, right? You know, how he just bashes down things and just destroys things and so on. You know, and I know he's on the side of the goodies, etc. But, you know, they tend to just destroy a lot of things because there's lack of understanding. This God who's all-powerful is also all-loving and is also omniscient. He knows all things. He's great in understanding, limitless understanding. As you embrace his omnipotence, be comforted by the fact that he's also all-knowing. It's important to understand that. You know, when you know how powerful a vehicle is, it affects how you drive, doesn't it? You know whether you can overtake or not, okay, because of the turbo power of that particular vehicle that you're driving. Many Christians today have no idea of how powerful the God Almighty is. And it shows in their lifestyle and it also shows in their prayers or lack thereof. We need to know this power. It affects our lifestyle. How we see God is crucial. In Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 to 35. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. Now look what he acknowledged. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? You see, ancient kings have had to acknowledge God's power. And I believe future kings will also acknowledge his power. Every knee shall bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord. You see, ancient kings have had to acknowledge that this great God is sovereign. They've had to acknowledge God's omnipotence in the context of his sovereignty, in the context of his aseity, his self-sufficient nature. He does as he pleases. Now, in essence, because of his omnipotence, he has the power to actually assert his will if he wants to. Now, one of the vehicles for this is actually our prayers. That's how we assert the will of God into situations. Many people mistakenly think God actively does what he wills, right? But he's actually chosen to co-create with us believers through our prayers. And if this was not the case, then why does Jesus ask us to pray Thy will be done. So just because you see certain things happening in the world doesn't mean it was God's will for those things to take place. He has given us authority in the earth and he said steward the earth. And there are things he wants to happen in the earth. But he says, you know what, I will reveal it to you. He says in, the, in scripture, uh, God does nothing before he has first revealed it to his servants, the prophets, right? It also tells us that he works through us in prayer. And this is what Jesus actually commands us, right? And why would he say that to us? Hey, when you pray, pray like this, thy will be done. Okay, this means we have a role in establishing his will through our prayers. 
If our prayers didn't make any difference, then why would Jesus ask us to pray in such a manner? In Matthew 6 verse 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as believers, we have to figure out what does heaven look like? What's the blueprint in heaven? And we say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. You see, there are places in the world today where God's will is being asserted and dimensions of heaven are manifesting because the saints are praying this prayer. Lord, we are effecting your will in this situation. I don't know about you, but I want the fullness of his omnipotence to manifest in and through my life. In Ezekiel 22 verse 30, I looked for someone among them. This is God speaking. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it but I found none okay so he's relying on us as intercessors to stand in the gap question do you truly believe that as you break out of passivity and begin to pray God can and will assert his will right into your situation do you truly believe that or are you just passive? Because if we're passive, then things won't happen. We won't see his will being established, okay? He might do it through other people because he's looking for someone to stand in the gap. You know, you can have wonderful power stations. Here in South Africa, we've got lots of power stations, right? I've got friends who are in that industry, involved in that work. There's Madupi, there's Majuba, uh, the people talk about Kendall. Uh, Pastor Mike is always going to Kendall. There's Kusile right? And others, right? So those are, those are wonderful power stations, right? But you know that the power generated there is of no use to you if you're always experiencing cable theft in your neighborhood. If the cables that are conduits, right, uh, of that power to make sure it flows into your household, if they're always being stolen, then what's the point of the power stations? So God is omnipotent, but I believe that prayer is the main conduit God has chosen for inviting his omnipotence into our life situations. You see, for many people, their prayer cable needs replacement. How strong is your connection with God? How strong is your prayer cable? In Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 to 22, it says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. That's how powerful he is. He changes times and seasons. And for some of you, maybe you believe in God for that. A shift of seasons. A shift of seasons. Okay. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. I don't know if you're intimidated by certain people and you think they'll never uh, leave office or leave uh, that position at work and so on. Right. But it says that he's the one who de demotes some. And raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. You see, man cannot demote that which God has promoted. It's important to understand that. You know, when you think about glue, right? What we call super glue. Super glue is super powerful, isn't it? Right? So glue is powerful to the degree to which things cannot become unstuck 
once again. Once you've glued it, it's glued, right? In the same way, God is powerful because no one can undo that which he's desired to establish. If God has chosen to promote you, right? Man has got no power to demote you. Understand that. And that's why it's important that in our lives, we're just doing what he's doing in our lives, right? We want to be established by him. He's the one who gives us power to create wealth. We want his power to be doing that and not our own trickery, right? Um, so God is powerful. God is powerful because no one can undo that which he has desired to establish. And when you understand this, then you won't be a, a one-hit wonder. You know, people become one-hit wonders because they made it happen. But God has got an establishing anoint, anointing where he establishes you. God's omnipotence has a sustaining effect. It sustains you in any situation, both for the universe, right? His omnipotence sustains the universe, but it also sustains your promotion. In Colossians chapter 1, 16 to 17, it says, For in him all things were created. It's talking about Christ. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Just meditate on that scripture and it affects how you see the world. You see, everything is held together by his word, by his word. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3a, it says, The sun is the radiance of the glory, of God's glory, and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Just his word sustains all things. In John 1 verse 3, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. You know that all men will have to give an account of themselves to God? Have you become so intimidated by man thinking that God cannot do anything about them? God has established you. If his favor is upon you, what can man do to you? In Isaiah chapter 26 verses 4 to 5, it says, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Isaiah 43, 13. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act. Who can reverse it? That gives us confidence in our prayer lives. Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord Almighty has purposed and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? In the in book of Job 42, 1-2, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Those are very powerful scriptures. And when we meditate on these scriptures, it changes our levels of confidence. We're no longer intimidated by man. You know, someone can only reverse your situation if they're more powerful than the God who established you. Think about that. And you know that Paul understood this? In Romans 8, 31, he said, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Who's got power over us? 
Now, according to Newton, an object will only accelerate if there is a net or balanced or unbalanced force uh, acting upon it. All right? The presence of an unbalanced force will either accelerate an object, changing its speed, its direction, or both its speed and direction. So I want to make sure that in my life, I keep on embracing more of God's power to move in his direction. The enemy cannot do anything to me. Why? Because he's not more powerful than the God who's omnipotent, who's moving me in a particular direction. I can only be shifted in direction if it's God who's shifting me, right? I can only be shifted in direction if it's God who's shifting me because there's no one else and nothing else more powerful than him to shift me back if he's shifting me forward. So let's embrace his power. If you'll be shifted backwards, if you are moving in your own power, right? God's omnipotence means that all things are possible. You know, the boundaries of what is possible begin to shift greatly. Have you noticed that? When you acknowledge that God himself is the one who is omnipotent. So his omnipotence means that all things are possible. In Matthew 17 verse 20, he replied, Because you have so little faith, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So God is not just saying, hey, I'm the God of impossible things and I'm keeping that sense of impossibility to myself. He's now giving us this authority where things will not be impossible for us too because we're tapping into that power. So this scripture shows me that the realm of impossibility, right, uh, bec things becoming possible has not been limited to God, right, has not been limited to God. That's why Jesus says nothing will be impossible for you, for you, because you are connected to God. In Matthew 19, verses 25 to 26, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Now the context here is Jesus just said, it's really difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Um, in fact, it'll be easier for a camel to enter the, through the eye of a needle, right? Than a rich man to enter heaven. So he said like, well, who can be saved? And then Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. The context here is salvation. Salvation. Are there some people out there that you think can never get saved? God is mighty to save. That's what the Bible says. He's mighty to save. His power is available to rescue. His power is available to deliver. Are there situations that you think you will never be delivered from? Right? He's mighty to rescue. His power is for salvation. His power is for deliverance. His power is for freedom. In Hebrews 7 verse 25, it says, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he's, he always lives to intercede for them. You see, when you have a revelation of his power to save, you begin to believe God for situations that had been uh, looking very impossible. In Luke chapter 1, 36 to 37, even Elizabeth, your relative, this is an angel speaking, right? Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. 
For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will never fail. That it will ever fail. That is powerful. And you know the Bible says that angels are ministering servants, right? Uh, who act upon the bidding of his word. So this angel knew what he was talking about because that was his job, right? To, to do the bidding of the word of God. And here this angel is saying, for no word from God will ever fail, will ever fail. That's how powerful his word is. In fact, that's why we speak of the word of his power. The Bible speaks of the word of his power. His power is encapsulated in his word. Jeremiah 32 verse 27 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me is anything too hard for me sometimes when we pray we think that oh this is a difficult case for god no everything is easy for him it's actually easy for him because he's almighty you see so god himself acknowledges that nothing is too difficult for him it is all easy for him because he's all powerful come on you know the days when you would be playing with your kids and they thought they were strong and powerful, but they were still toddlers. And you would just fling them off and fling them off. It was so easy. It is easy for God to do these things, that see these tasks that we think are so daunting because we've humanized them, right? In Isaiah 50 verse 2, when I came, why was there no one? When I called, why was there no one to answer? Was my arm too short to deliver you? Do I lack the strength to rescue you? By a mere rebuke, I dry up the sea. I turn rivers into a desert. Their fish rot for lack of water and die of thirst. He's basically saying, guys, haven't you seen what I've done and how it's super, super simple for me to do all these things, right? Why can't you continue trusting me? You see, God is taking us to a place where doing the impossible is the norm because we are in him. That's why in the book of Acts 26, verse 8, it says, Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? You can see that they were operating in a realm of possibility. That a supernatural lifestyle becomes the norm. We see Jesus was raised from the dead. Why are you guys marveling about this? Now we're going to raise the dead, right? Why are you guys uh, marveling about this? The resurrected Christ is at work in us. You see, God's omnipotence means that he has power to do numerous things simultaneously. Sometimes we've got this thing of, oh, that's too many miracles. Lord, just one a month, one a month. You know, things go well for you and you experience such breakthrough and you think, okay, this is too good to be true. I'm just waiting. Where's the catch? Where's the catch? No, you can experience multiple breakthroughs. Multiple breakthroughs. In the book of Job chapter 5 verse 9 says, He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. That's your portion in your life. Miracles are coming your way and you won't be able to count them because there will be, there'll be so many. Okay? So here's the thing. Are you limiting the number of miracles that He can do in your life? Are you limiting the number of miracles based on how you see yourself? Maybe based on past shame. Are you limiting the speed with which he can do things in your life? Because you see, God is outside of time. God can fast track certain things. He can accelerate certain things. It is easy for him. It is easy for him. And it's important for us to understand these principles. I want to encourage you as you go forth from this message to really pray a strong prayer that God gives you such a revelation of his omnipotence,
but also the fact that his omnipotence is available to you. You can tap into it and uh, miracles will happen in your life. Things will be shaped in your community. Okay, You'll begin to shape the future of those around you and situations around you. You'll shape the climate around you because you're tapping into his divine nature and his omnipotence. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for how you've touched us and how you've spoken to us. Thank you that you're all powerful and you're almighty and that there's no one like you. And Lord, we just assert today that we place our hope in you. We place our trust in you. You are a fortress. You are a rock. And we look to you. You are all powerful. And we thank you so much, God, that you've made this power available to us. That it's operative strength, operative power. Thank you that you're the God who never grows weary. You never grow tired. You never need to be replenished by some outside source. And thank you, God, that we can tap into you. You are wonderful, you are powerful, and we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you.